Hey everybody, welcome to the Rekindle Podcast. Welcome back, season two. It's going to be awesome. We have a whole lot in store for this season, but I'm so glad you're joining me today. We've got a great topic on hand, and I'm going to fill you in on some other things, but let's go ahead and let's dive right in. Welcome to the Rekindle Podcast. Hey everyone and welcome back. I have missed you guys so, so much. Here we are, season two. We're starting this pod- our podcast up again and our time together again. And I can't tell you how excited I am. And, you know, for this next season, we have uh, some awesome things planned. I'm going to be bringing on some special guests, some good friends um, with some great biblical insight uh, to some uh, different topics you know, for discussion. And also I'll be introducing to you an amazing new co-host that I'll be taking on. And uh, some of you know her, but she's lovely and amazing. But uh, you'll meet her next week as we start um, a new series on marriage. But I'm really excited about this season because we're going to be talking about different topics ranging from marriage to dealing with uncertainty and even things like self-care. How do we uh, care for ourselves? How do we motivate ourselves and, and and get us on the right track so that we can begin really living out what God has created us to, even ideas of walking in freedom and things of that nature. And so I'm, I don't want you to miss it. I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be a part of the discussion because this is going to be awesome. And I'm and I'm really feeling in my spirit that this season is going to be uh, it's going to be a turning point. And uh, there's a lot of things going on in the world today. And I believe a lot of these topics are going to resonate uh, well with you and challenge you to become uh, that that man or woman of God that God has called you to become. And it takes consistent work and consistent effort. And again, that's exactly what we want to do is to help you put that time in, put that effort in to see the dreams that God has given you realized in your life. And so it's going to be great. Don't you don't want to miss it. Go and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen to it and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. And also just letting you know, uh, we have a new website, rekindlepodcast.org. You can go there. You can check it out. Uh, we're going to be posting um, all of our um, episodes to the website as well. And um, you can sign up there to get updates. Anytime we send out any kind of new uh, content, uh, you'll get a notification there. And like I said, and we're going to be uh, posting blogs from time to time, different uh, content, different topics of that nature. So you don't want to miss it. But anyway... Needless to say, 2020 was a crazy year, and I don't think it was just for me, but I think a lot of you guys listening out there, it was crazy for you too. Um, We've experienced a lot of life change. I personally went through a lot of life change in 2020 and still rolling with the punches, so there's that, (laughs) but uh, needless to say, God has been faithful, so faithful, and we're, we're seeing God do some amazing things that we would never have seen if we had if we wouldn't have said yes uh, to his will and to what uh holy spirit was leading us to and so i pray it's the same with you if you find yourself in some uncertainty today be encouraged because god's got you and he's leading you somewhere so today uh today's topic i want to talk about how to maintain our biblical worldview in an unbiblical world you know our world is increasingly becoming more and more secular and especially here in the united states where um 
where we were once a more Christian, Judeo-based uh, uh, country and uh, kind of a belief system, uh, a majority there, if you will, believed along those lines. And it is just within the last, I would even say, 50 to 100 years become increasingly secular. And um, it's getting even worse. And when COVID happened, you know, uh, through the through the beginning of part of the pandemic, we were very united as a as a humanity because we were all experiencing going through the same things, battling a virus that we had no idea um, the capabilities or the damages it would cause to our society. We were trying to mitigate the risks and uh, we were all experiencing lockdowns and, and a totally different lifestyle of being at home 24-7. And we thought it was just going to be two weeks and it ended up four, eight, 12. And uh, even some areas of the country still to this day are barely opening up. And so we were very united at the forefront. And then one major event took place um, uh, a few weeks after the whole pandemic occurred. I think it was within the summertime. But the death of George Floyd and when that event occurred, um, God rest his soul, when it happened, it caused a great divide in our society and it began a series of events that continued uh, to divide us as a people. And now we find ourselves a year later or coming into a year later uh, things haven't really changed. There is still lots of division happening in our world. And so uh, with all this going on, there's where do we go from here? Um, we're being challenged on every forefront, especially us as Christians. Our very beliefs and our biblical principles that we are living are being challenged on a day-to-day basis. So how do we overcome that? How do we uh, trust in God and at the same time, continue to share the gospel and to evangelize the lost while the world is saying that our views are antiquated or old, out of date, out of touch. But we know that this is the truth that God has given us because this truth is God. It is Jesus Christ in the flesh and only he has the power to save. And so today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to I want to outline three things. Uh, three things that that are going on right now in our society that are applying pressure and challenging our biblical worldview and our beliefs and even look at some scripture on how to overcome that. And so number one here is uh, a cultural polarization and a division is taking place that is co- that is applying a lot of pressure to our beliefs. And this this cultural polarization and division um seems to become has has seemed to become the new fabric of our society everybody has an opinion that's always been the truth but now um there is a driving force of uh i guess unity on those opinions and but the the issue is is that it's become very black and white very polarized so it's either you're on one end of the spectrum or the other there's really no center line or center point. And you either it's it's basically a draw a line in the sand type of mindset. Either you're for us or against us. And what and this is further dividing us as a people. And it's not only just happening in the in the world, in the secular world, but 
even in the church. And there are some really key issues that are that are that are taking place in our society today that are causing this divide even more and more. But it's nothing new. It's nothing new. You know, um, I want to read here out of Colossians uh, chapter three. Uh, Let me get it here in my Bible. Colossians chapter three. And let me see. We're going to be reading plenty of scripture. So I hope you have your Bible handy. I'm trying to get it through my notes here, but Colossians uh, chapter three, verses 10 through 15. And with this polarization, this division happening in our world uh, here, here might be some light here that can help us uh, navigate uh, what's going on with this. But um, here it is. Chapter three, starting in verse 10, all the way to verse 15, it says, Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are if you are a bar, a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. And so I love what Paul is saying here, because even in this you know, he's addressing this, his own polarization that he's seeing in his time, that people are really uh, going after this whole identity thing. You know, we saw it in politics, right? Identity politics. Well, I'm a Democrat. And because I'm a Democrat, I identify with these certain issues and I vote a certain way and I'm a Republican. And because I'm a Republican, I identify with these certain issues in a certain way. That's the, uh, the area you can most see it in our society is identity politics. Well, it was the same thing happening here. But I love what Paul says uh, when he says it in, uh, I think, verse 10 here. He says, I'm sorry, not verse 10, uh, verse 11, when he says, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. And I think in order to bridge this divide that's happening, we have to go back to the basics is Christ is all that matters. And we have to remember that is that people, the, the, uh, the world, the enemy will try to suck us in to playing this game of what side do we land ourselves on when the truth is, is that all of these things are um, they are symptoms of a greater problem. Racism is a symptom of a greater issue. Uh, gender identity is a symptom of a of a deeper issue. Uh, even uh, uh, some of uh, these other non uh, more extreme things, but like uh, you know different beliefs, uh, uh, even even depression, anxiety, some of those internal things. Those are all symptoms of a deeper issue, and that deeper issue is uh, humanity is an individual, is a being without the love of Christ in their life. And I think everything can be reduced to that. And not that we're trying to reduce the issues, but if we can start with the love of Christ in in people's lives and in our life, if we can start there and begin to build a foundation there, then we can start making some sizable and impactful changes on some of these greater issues like racism, like gender identity, uh, like a division in our culture, uh, like some of these other things that are tearing us apart as a people. We can start to make headway on those things if we put First things first, which is Jesus Christ at the center. And that is something that we have to remember so that we can continue to live and to keep this biblical worldview. And so 
uh, that, again, I, that's one really big one. Uh, the second one that I see is there is a, there's a cultural intolerance that's taking place um, in the name of moral self-righteousness. So not only is there a great divide, right? Uh, you know, people believing different things. And if you don't believe as they believe, then now there's an intolerance that occurs. Well, now you're uneducated or you are lesser than because you don't know any better. Or now there's a there's a looking down upon now because if you don't believe what I believe and what I believe is superior, then you are lesser. And I don't think it's intentional, but well, I take that back. I think some of it is intentional and some of it isn't. But either way, it is uh, perpetuating the same cycle. And so we see it a lot, too, in our especially for us who believe in the Bible, who believe in the word of God. Um, now our beliefs are being questioned. And now, um, even in some uh, situations and circumstances, we are being viewed as uneducated or as antiquated or old school or out of date. And it hurts me the most because this is God's word transcends time. And this is a more not just a moral compass, but a, a, a compass for our soul on how to live rightly. And and you guys know just as well as I do, when we live according to the word, there is blessing that follows. There is um, there is uh, doors open and opportunities given and growth happening. And there is a, a richness uh, to our lives that occurs because we choose to apply these biblical principles. And we have been given the great task by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to go and make disciples in this world that thinks these things of us, that thinks that we are old school and we are outdated and we don't know what we're talking about. We have been given the, the mandate to go and disciple those people to bring them to Jesus, to show them and bring them into relationship with Christ and in right standing with our Heavenly Father, and to teach them these exact ways that they are choosing to deny and they are choosing to reject. And so it is very difficult. And, and again, you know, talking about that, uh, you know, that cultural intolerance, there's a lot of philosophies and different things going on out there today that are uh, that are being viewed as better and a more better way. But you and I both know that Jesus Christ himself said that uh, nobody comes to the father except through him. Jesus is the only way. And uh, this isn't old. Uh, these this kind of. Uh, of of tactics that the enemy is is uh, implying and imposing into our society isn't anything new. Paul dealt with these same things and even encouraged Timothy along these same lines. Uh, this is First uh, Timothy chapter four, and we're going to start uh, in uh, verse one and two, and then we're going to jump down to verse uh, verses seven through ten. But this is again First uh, Timothy. Chapter four says, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their conscience, their consciences are dead. And then if you skip down to verse seven, 
Paul says, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle, for our hope is in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and particularly of all believers. So this isn't anything new. And in fact, Paul is giving us a key here to overcoming some of this cultural intolerance. He's saying, don't get baited in to these uh, to these godless arguments. He's saying, don't waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives tales. So when the world is sitting there telling us that we're antiquated and we're out of date, you know, this is not it's really not the place or the time to engage in some theological debating because they will come at us full force with whatever knowledge they feel like they have. But I tell you one thing, if we sit and we listen and we show empathy and love towards these very people who are accusing our beliefs, they will, we will gain their trust. And in gaining their trust, they know that we are believers, that we are lovers of God and that he hears us. There's going to be a time that they're going to come into in their life where it's going to be hard and difficult and they're going to look for somebody to turn to in this difficult time and who more are they going to turn to than you the person who has not shown judgment or who has not casted them aside but who has accepted them for who they are who has loved them and prayed for them and consistently tried to show them a better way They are going to remember those things and therein lies an opportunity to present the gospel to the lost. And I'm telling you, we are coming into a time in our society where it's no longer going to be about crusades or big evangelistic events, but we are going to have to begin to evangelize people, not based on church functions, but based on relationships that are cultivated within our community and learning to gain uh, influence in people's lives from a relational standpoint. And so the only way to overcome this cultural intolerance, this we are better than you because your views are old and and outdated. The only way to overcome those things is to be, uh, to put our faith into action. The proof in the pudding, so to speak, is to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That's exactly what he did. That's how he brought such a revolutionary idea that God loves and wants to save his people and make them his righteousness. No one had ever heard of that prior to Christ coming to the earth and dying on the cross. We have to take up his mantle, his way of doing things, of being relational and loving our society. So uh, here's another scripture I want to share with you real quick, too. This is uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter, I'm going to be sharing a lot of scripture with you guys, just because again, uh, the Bible, this is what we have to get back to. And so first Corinthians chapter one, this is, um, verses 18 through 25. And so it, it reads like this, uh, this is Paul again. It says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction. So keep in mind again, 
there's this right this cultural intolerance these people who can't tolerate our beliefs and they do it in the name of moral self-righteousness their way is better they found a more better and more positive way to do things right and this is what paul says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction but we who are being saved know it is the very power of god as the scriptures say i will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent so where does this leave the philosophers the scholars and the world's brilliant debaters God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish since God in his wisdom saw it saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. He has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe and I'm sorry, I lost my place here real quick. Okay, yeah, to save those who believe it is foolish to the jews who ask for signs from heaven and it is foolish to the greeks who seek human wisdom so when we preach what christ uh, that christ was crucified the jews are offended and the gentiles say it's all nonsense but to those called by god to salvation both jews and gentiles christ is the power of god and the wisdom of god this foolish plan of god is wiser than the wisest of human plans and god's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength so i'm telling you guys right now be encouraged because those beliefs that you have those biblical principles by which you are living your life those things god is using to uh to uh bring wisdom and he is using those things to uh how do you say it god is using those very things to stump the human wisdom out there the so-called great philosophies out there so you need to hear that God is on your side. God is using what what the, the, the very principles that you're applying to your life that you are gleaning from his word. He is using those things to show a better way, the best way, the perfect way, which is through Jesus. Everything else is foolishness. And the world would look at us. And again, just as Paul said it right here, he's saying they view what we believe is foolish. But we know that this is the wisdom of God. And so stand firm in that. Don't back down from, uh, from the way that you're living, from running full force into God in his arms and his presence. Uh, uh, don't back down from raising your family based upon these principles. Don't back down from your beliefs in the Bible and what the Bible says about current events and current issues because God's got you. And so now on to the third thing that I feel that uh, is applying pressure and challenging our belief system is, is the need for cultural acceptance. There is a need for cultural acceptance. It's, a, it's something that I believe that uh, we as a church are struggling with right now because culture has dated us and said that we are no longer relevant. And now we feel the need to fight to be accepted by culture again but i say we don't fight for that i say we stay true to what god is calling us yes we do have to change our methods we do have to become uh very intentional and intuitive 
um, as to how we are presenting the gospel, as to how we are uh, being an influence uh, to those around us, as to how we are gaining the trust of, of others around us and, and creating opportunities to be able to love on people. Yes, we need to do those things. But at the core of all of all things, we shouldn't really worry about culturally being accepted more so than speaking truth in love to a dying culture. We, I'll say that again. We shouldn't be worried about culturally being accepted, but more so about speaking the truth in love to a dying culture. So here's some more scripture. This is 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. We're going to read verse 1 and through 5 and then verse 14 through 17. So this is Paul again. He says, uh, verse three, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, uh, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. And then skip down to verse 14. He says, but you must remain faithful to the things that you have been taught, and you know and you know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have been and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip and equip his people to do every good work. Wow. Think about that. Our, the scripture, it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That is exactly what our world is missing. That is exactly what we are all missing is we have to remember we live again uh, society would say if the Bible doesn't agree with what you're thinking or where you're going, then it's OK, because people are actually uh, writing this book off as just human writings and not really the true uh, word of God or, or it's, it's, it's been susceptible, uh, susceptible to human error because it was written by man or that these are good teachings, but not the only way to heaven or the only way to some eternal uh, paradise. And so there's all these excuses and all these different, uh, quote unquote, knowledgeable findings that have come up to discredit the word when it is exactly the word right here that says it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And so if we go after the need to be accepted as a church culturally, we will have to deny what this word says right here. Because culturally, in our culture now, this Bible doesn't carry the weight that it used to 50, even 75 years ago. 
people at times back then you know you could that's why door-to-door evangelism then was so effective if you knocked on a door and said hey the bible says x y and z people say oh well if the bible says that then there must be some validity to that right think about the generation and the culture that we live in today oh that's just an ancient book that's just more of a history book than anything else oh that's old that doesn't that doesn't apply to us anymore there are other things out there. That's exactly what we're dealing with in our culture today. And we have to stand our ground to remember or to, to, to holding the word of God as the only truth. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And so, and also, here, here's something else to that. This is Matthew uh, chapter 5, uh, verses uh, 13 through 16. And you guys know this scripture very well, um, I would imagine. But this is what God has called us to. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. God has not called us to be culturally acceptable, but to be a culture culturally to be an example of where we should go and what we should be doing and believing and how we should be pursuing uh, God and what he is calling us to. So be the salt, be the light is what Jesus says. If we lose our saltiness, what worth or value would we have? If we are a light and we are shining in the darkness, but we cover it up with a shade, what benefit are we to the world? So I want to encourage you guys. Don't take upon yourself any of these challenges right here. Don't let these pressures Uh, corner you into a position where you compromise your very beliefs in the word of God in the biblical principles by which you are living your life Uh, now is the time to take a stand to take a stand to stand firm in what you believe so that with truth in love we can evangelize this world we can go and, and, and uh, execute the mandate God has given us to go into the world and to make disciples and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is our commission, and it is a great commission for a reason because it's going to take great faith, great um great a great stance on his word it's going to take great guts to live this out and now is the time for us to stand up and to live those to live that out to have those guts if you will to continue believing and continue living how god has called us to believe and to live so friends that's all for our time uh uh today 
But again, I'm so excited that you joined me. I'm so glad that you're here. You know, let me pray for us, uh, because especially as we go forward and we're moving forward in our world, it's going to become increasingly more difficult. But as the darkness begins to spread, the darker it gets, the brighter the light within us will shine. So, Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you have called us to be a light, that you have called us to be salt in the earth. It's amazing to know that you call us alongside you to help advance your kingdom. That is the family business is the kingdom of God and advancing it to spread the love, to spread your love to those who are are without hope and without real love and to those who need to hear the truth of who you are and what you've done on that cross uh, for them. And, and, and you have given us that mandate to go and to spread that very message. So give us the strength to stand firm. Give us the courage to be who you've called us to be. And give us the voice that we need and, and, the, and the courage to be loud about our faith and about what you're doing. To speak the truth in love. To be able to build the relationships you're calling us to build. So Father, thank you that you equip us for every good work. And I thank you that everyone that is listening to this podcast today, you are equipping them and you are taking care of their every need right now, according to uh, our riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for your love and your amazing grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Again, we drop a new episode every Tuesday. Next week, we're going to start a brand new series on marriage, and I'm going to introduce, again, my brand new co-host. You're not going to want to miss it, so look forward to talking to you then. Bye-bye.